0: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger
1: than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue our previous message.
0: You see, it's not our job to figure it out. In fact, the command made absolutely no sense to a thinking person. Peter's only job was to step out of that boat and to come. And when you're in trouble and there's no way out, by the way, your boat's sinking anyway. I don't see what what the problem is. You know, I mean, you're going down anyway. You might as well. But that's your problem. You're so doggone smart. You got to figure everything out first. Well, sometimes God doesn't make any sense. (laughs) God's only instruction to him is do do what you can't do. And come. So Peter got out of the boat. Now, this is why many of us stay stuck and are stuck. We never get out of the boat. We want to be with everybody else. So 11 men stayed in the boat. But Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and not came toward, but came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, we've preached this before. When he got his eyes off the word of God and began to focus on his opposition and his problem. People always, this is my problem. You don't know my problem. My problem is this. My problem is that if you would get your focus off your problem and back onto God's Word, Christ was God's Word incarnate. And God's Word was right there. But instead of focusing on God's Word, He started focusing on His, is my husband, is my boss, it's my neighbor, is this person, it's that person, it's my diabetes. He got His focus off of God's word on their situation. And that will defeat you every single time. But when he saw the wind, watch this, he was afraid. That's the only thing. He didn't tell him ten things, nine things, eight things, seven, five, four, three, two. He only told him one thing not to do, and that's the doggone thing Peter does. I mean, just like Peter sometimes. (laughs) And beginning to sink, he cried out. Sometimes that's why we're crying so much. Because we don't listen. We don't do the one thing. He's not asked for 17,000 things. God keeps it simple with us. He recognizes our weakness. He said, God, just one thing. But the one thing he didn't do, and he started to, to sink. And he said, Lord save me. What's wonderful about this passage is we see that God loves us even when we're messing up. <laughs> you hear know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and you might want to criticize Peter, but, but, but let me tell you, at least he got out the boat. The other 11 guys, they, 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 they man, he should have done that shit. Yeah, yeah, but you in the boat. 31. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and he took hold of him if God only saved people who did things right all the time I'd be in deep trouble he took hold of him he said oh you of little faith little faith means small faith implying that probably at one point he had big faith my guess is it takes big faith maybe you know to get out of the boat and make that step I don't know but without getting into all the the details of that the point is, at some point his faith shrunk. And this is my and your problem at times. And we get out there all excited. But then we get distracted by our opposition. And we get our eyes off the prize. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we end up like, like Jesus. But, but Jesus is not condemning him. He's being instructive in what he's saying. He says, oh, you of shrunken faith. Why? Peter, you were doing it, man. Peter, you made it to me, man. You did what no other man did. Moses had to part the Red Sea, but you walked on the water, Peter. Why, Peter? Why did you doubt? Doubt is faith's kryptonite. It will turn Superman back into cockpits. It will suck everything right out of you. He didn't say figure it out. Then, you know, that depends on a person's IQ experience. But but no, no. He said, all I want you to do is believe and not be afraid. Not a tall order. He said, Peter, why why did you doubt? Again, Peter, you were doing what what you couldn't do. And I have internally faced this question, if not hundreds, thousands of times. Derek, you were doing it. You were doing what you... Couldn't think you could do. But some crisis emerged, some situation emerged, and I got focused on the crisis and somehow started to sink. And the question becomes, why? You're already doing the impossible. I mean, if you got that far, why can't he take you to the end? Why? Did you doubt? James 1 through 1 verse 5 begins to give us the answer. James is a, he, he's a, he, he's a pastor's pastor, and he says this. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So use your brain, but when you can't figure it out, you need to get over it and go to the one who understands and knows. It can be exhausting trying to figure everything out. It will keep you up late at night. And by the way, even still, even if you think you get a figure, it will never happen just the way you expected or thought it would. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without what? Reproach. And what James is saying, man, God is big hearted He's not looking for a reason to say no. He's looking for any excuse to say yes. And it will be what? given him six. But here's the caution. And this is good pastoring here. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. You see, I get the faith part. We get the faith part. It's the no doubting that kicks our butts. You hear what I'm saying? That's where the challenge is. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. You see, the doubter believes but has no assurance. The doubter says he believes but has no confidence. His faith is like a handful of water, present but ever slipping away. For that person, once again, good leadership. He didn't want anyone deceived. That person must not deceive himself or suppose that he will receive any, that's hard, anything from the Lord. This is clear language. But here's something I've learned, even though I've obeyed, even though I'm in the will of God, if I let my doubts grip me, even if I'm standing next to Jesus, I'll begin to sink. I used to think just because God called me to ministry, I'd be successful. I used to think just because my wife and I, we, we, we shared our vows and, you know, death to depart, we did it before God that, that somehow we were just magically going to have a great marriage. But the reality is that a double minded man, in fact, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just, let's just read, let's read the text. For that person must not suppose that he receive anything from the Lord, verse eight, for he is He's diagnosing the malady. If you're not getting anything from the Lord, it's not the Lord's fault. (laughs) Your problem is on your shoulders. Right there. He is a two-minded, a double-minded man. A person with two minds. One minute one way, the next minute another. Another. When you're in church, you're all holy and sophisticated, but get you, one car just cut you off on the way home from church. <laughs> you manifest in a totally different from Hosanna's to mm, you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> he is a double minded or schizophrenic man. James is describing the conflicted life that many of us in here are living. Your spirit says one thing, but your mind says another. Your heart says he's for me, but your brain says, I'm not so sure. The spirit of God inside your spirit says give and forgive, but, but your brain says, uh, you know what? If, if I let them go, they're going to get me back, and, and, and I'm, I'm not sure. So, you hear what I'm saying? And they, they live a conflicted life for, listen, years. I've been passing a long time. Years, never making up their mind to decide that you know what, I'm just going to do what God says and believe what God has said. He is a two-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I'm going to offend you in a minute, but it will it, help you. Never trust. That's it. I'm graying a little bit. I've earned the right to say this. Never trust a born-again person. Saying, where you going, Bishop? You will regret it. I have scars in my back. Parts of knives still broken off in there. To prove it. The only people you should ever trust are born-again people with made-up minds. A double-minded saint is unstable, uncertain. You cannot count on them. They'll be excited on Sunday, falling apart by Wednesday. They'll be for you on Tuesday, trying to kill you on Friday. That's the reality in the church. So you may be born again, but until you get your head right, Until you make a decision about this thing, (laughs) you are dangerous. You are dangerous, man. Who wants to be in a foxhole with a person who's not sure what side they're on? So you might be dying and going to heaven, and I applaud you for that. But you know what? If you haven't made up your mind on this earth, I don't want you in my foxhole. (laughs) I love you. I'll shake your hand, but, but... 1 Kings 18, 21, Elijah addressed this issue specifically at Mount Carmel. Verse 20, so Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long, pay attention here, the ESV is is great here, how long, and this this is my question for some of you, You've been in church for a long time. I mean, you memorize certain scriptures, and you've been around for for a long time. How long will you go on limping? You see, you can't run till you have a made-up mind. How long will you go on limping between two different opinions? And so that's all we do is kind of limp through. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it, Bishop. I got another problem in another situation that, oh, God, God's for me. I'm trying to make it a service. You know, I, I want to be involved, but, uh, you know, God, I don't know. I got so many problems. And, oh, God, I'm going to make it in one day, though. And, uh, uh, how long is that okay? At some point, you got to make a decision. How long will you go limping? And the language here, in the original language, or Hebrew, was the image of a bird hopping from branch to branch, unable to decide which branch he wanted to stay on. You see, the people were afraid of Queen Jezebel because she wanted to, the, the nation to worship Baal, and she had the prophets of Baal. And that's why he's having this whole... Uh, situation here on Mount, Mount Carmel, but they had just enough religion to also fear God. And you know, at some point, I'd rather a person just have no religion than just enough to be this conflicted. Do you understand? Jesus said, okay, y'all not so sure about that. Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. Some of us have just enough heat to go to church, but not enough heat to really have success and fruit in their lives. I mean, just hot enough to be in church, but just cold enough to kind of run with everybody else. Does that make sense? He said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions where Conscience says one thing, the fear of man says another, and you are completely conflicted. And then he said, listen, I'm going to give you some basic common sense. Uh, you know, this is not theological, homological, there's none of that. It's, it's, listen, if the Lord is God, follow Him. Make up your mind already. Get on either side of the road, because if you're trying to walk down the middle of the road, you get hit by traffic on either side. Make a decision. And this is what Elijah was calling for. Help the people make a decision. Stop being in between. I kind of believe in God, but I'm really not sure. What, what, what? Either you do or you don't. Back to Matthew 14, 31. We're rounding the final base here, but we do have a few other places to go. We're almost through. Jesus said to Peter, "Oh, you of little faith, and you're doing so well. Why did you doubt? Why did you follow your head and not my spirit? 32, and when they got into the boat, immediately the wind ceased. Here's something I know. The tests will last until the lesson is learned. Learn the lesson, the tests will end. If you refuse to learn, you might get out of this test and go back in. And you know, when, when I was young, they didn't just, just promote you. If you didn't get third grade right, you went back to it again. You hear know what I'm saying? As soon as they got the lesson, the storm was over. Just let you know, you know, who has absolute authority. here. Let's go to John 6 and 20. And we're going to see. John now, now, John says in, in his Gospel, if everything written about Christ was written in these books, the world couldn't contain all the volumes. So the, the, the writers have to be real particular about what they include and don't include. So here, John has to make some other points, so he kind of just uh, puts together quickly what happens in this narrative. And now he's picking up verse 20 with Jesus' response, where he says, It is I, or I am. Do not, that one command, be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Now, this is the point I wanted to get to all morning. One moment they were in the middle of the storm, but the next they're on dry land. What's happening? Let's read it again. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Here is the lesson scripture is teaching. The moment the test is over, all the time you think you lost in the storm, God will give back to you. You say, Lord, I'm off course. Lord, I'm behind schedule. But God says, I was working out my plan and I know how to fix this thing perfectly. And if you pass the test, every moment lost... God can get back. He puts you right back where you're supposed to be, could have been, if you didn't handle the test so poorly. You hear what I'm saying? Immediately, the boat was at the land to which they were going. God wants to give you back every defeated moment. 21. Then they were glad. Pay attention. Now, Matthew says they worshiped him. John says they were glad. And this, this is also instructive. Worship will help you recover stuff that's been lost. Yeah. Then they were glad to take him into what? The boat. You see, when you gladly... You see, no, no, you didn't hear me. Now you had a little storm and you're crying about your storm. Oh God, that? You're mad at God and down with the church. You kind of, you know, you come up in the church and you sit there with your arms folded. You're mad because you're going through what you're going through. If you want God to give you back what you lost, your attitude about the storm has to change. (laughs) It says this. Pay attention. They were glad, no explanation yet, to take him in to the boat. And then immediately they were at, at land. You see, you, you got to get over yourself. God, I'm not asking why. I'm, not, I'm just glad I'm still alive. I might have lost some things, been through some things. I was surprised by some things I didn't expect, but Lord, I'm, I'm alive. I'm able to live one more day. And, and Lord Jesus come into my boat. And God, I'll just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just glad to be alive. And at some point, you're complaining about stuff that has nothing to do with nothing. And you ought to just be glad that you're still alive, that, that they're still in your right mind. And yeah, they went through a storm. So what? So everybody goes through storms. But the attitude was right, and they gladly, Jesus, come on back here. I want you to be the captain of this ship, the master of my destiny. And immediately, again, no more rowing. They're way off course. They're, They're further north. They were supposed to go straight across. Immediately, the boat was at the land to which they were what? Going. God instantly gave them every hour lost. Do you hear me? Every hour. But what's amazing, see, Jesus had to die at, you know, uh, around 33 or so. So he couldn't let these guys lose years or a, just ministry thing couldn't work. So he had to get them out quickly. But I, I want to make an important point. The, the, the Holy Writ teaches us that God would not only destroy, uh, return to us, forgive me, minutes, hours, and days. Scripture says, he will restore to us years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're at it, if you correct your attitude, you can get back years that the locust, the palmer worm, and the caterpillar have. Let's, let's go to Joel 2 and 25, and we're through for the morning. Now, you guys, you could go read this at home. The context is children of Israel sinned. They messed up. God put them into, sent them into bondage, and, and they deserved every bit of it. But watch his heart. It's almost like God owes them something in the way he says what he says. He says, I will restore to you or make up to you. I mean, you messed up and you got in that mess, but God said, listen, even though you did it, I will take it upon myself to make up to you. This is our God. The years, did you see that? Anybody lose some years? Anybody, I mean, not just a minute, not just a day. I can could, I could handle that, but years that the swarming locust has eaten. The hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter. This is every kind of locust. This is every kind of scourge, every kind of problem, every kind of struggle, every kind of tear that you could cry, he was talking about. And he said, I will restore to you. If you receive me back with gladness. I restore to you years that have been destroyed. God wants to do and immediately for you. He wants to give you back. And some of us are wasted so much time. We're way, 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 way off course. We're getting older, the like clock is ticking. But God says, I know you did it, but I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like it was my fault. And I promise you. I promise you, every second loss, I will get you back. I'm through for the Good morning.
1: This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media, or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.